and welcome to episode number 68 of the Become a Guitarist podcast with myself, Adam Roach. Now in this episode, I am joined with Michael McManus from the Melbourne Guitar Festival and also Daniel Destico, who is an amazing classical guitarist. So we talk about how both of them first got into classical guitar playing and also some of the concerts that Michael does has coming up with the Melbourne Guitar Festival, including Daniel's performance on June 13th. So make sure you check out the show notes so you can book some tickets. So you can either go to the concert or that he's live streaming it as well, just for a small donation. Now, this interview that we did was also live streamed as well on the Melbourne Guitar Festival Facebook site. So if you do want to see the video of this interview, make sure you check out the, the Facebook page or there is a link on my page as well. Now, coming up over the next few weeks, I have a, a few interviews coming up. So next week I have Kenny Wayne Shepherd to talk about his new album, The Traveller. So we're going to break down each song and see some of the stories behind the songs. And then coming up next month, I've got an interview coming up with Luca Torelli from the band Torelli Leon Rhapsody. He is an amazing musician who plays both keyboards and guitar. So listen out for that one. So a big thank you to my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks and Living Music. So let's get into the interview right now. And welcome to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with myself, Adam Roach, and today with Michael. And Dan. Hi. Thanks guys for doing this. G'day Adam, thanks for inviting us. No, no worries. Thanks for inviting to your house. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so we might just start off with about yourself, Michael, about what you do with the Melbourne Guitar Festival. Yep. And then we'll get into Dan. Certainly. So the Melbourne Guitar Festival is an initiative I started with a friend and colleague of mine, Evan Hopkins, back in late 2014. Yep. And we started the MGF then originally as a concert series and we had our first concert with Johannes Moller in 2014 and then our first festival was 2015 because we thought let's build on this make a yearly concert series and festival as well mm. so we had a yeah, great festival 2015 16 17 18 and this year is going to be our fifth festival the concert series has just expanded and continued to grow yeah. every year just recently at the end of last September when our last festival finished, Evan Hopkins, uh, who founded this all with me, he is actually based now in Sydney. Okay. He's completing a doctorate um, in guitar up there with Vladimir Gorbach. So he unfortunately has moved on from the MGF, so he's no longer okay. um, assisting with uh, so the running of things. Yeah, so now I'm just a sole trader yeah. uh, running the, the MGF concert series and festival. And uh, Evan's doing great things up in Sydney now. Yeah. Uh, he's got a, a fabulous quartet which is part of his doctorate research and he is doing his doctorate on um, arrangements of Radiohead music okay. for classical guitar oh, wow. and mm-hmm. we're actually going to have his quartet come and visit us at our festival this year and they're going to present a concert of entirely Radiohead arrangements wow. which will be really cool. That's see. great. So you many things I've like heard before where they do like different artists? Normally being pretty much very strictly classical yep. um, so this is kind of going to be our wildest yeah. um, deviation from our regular classical yep. concert type events um, but we always try to include something a bit different every year so whether that's uh, flamenco guitarists yep. or we might expand to include string quartet and things okay. like that um, but certainly this is our first kind of venture into pop music or rock kind of yeah. kind of uh, genre yeah <laughs> so you've been playing yourself I guess yep. classical guitar yeah yeah so I Played all through my high school years. I wasn't very good when I was a, a high school student. And after 
finishing year 12, I wasn't actually going to pursue music. I started doing a, a degree in myotherapy, okay. which is a bit like massage and, oh, and sports, that's sports that's treatment. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that for one year. It was a four-year four bachelor degree. And then I took a gap year and then kind of reassessed where I wanted to be in life. And at that time, I was teaching guitar part-time. Yep. And I thought, no, this is pretty cool, the music scene. I maybe <laughs> want to explore this a bit further. So yeah. then I did a one-year foundation music course at the Victorian College of the Arts. And that kind of set me up um, to becoming a classical guitarist. Mm. And so I did a, complete my bachelor degree there. Then I did my honours year. Then I went up to Canberra. I did some private study with Timothy Kane for a mm -hmm. semester. And then came back down, did my master's degree in classical guitar performance. And I graduated probably might have been nearly two years ago now okay. from Melbourne and yeah and I perform regularly with the Melbourne Guitar Quartet so we're local heroes artists at the Melbourne Recital Centre we've got a couple of concerts coming up in August yeah, yeah. and actually we're going to be one member down for one of the concerts um, Jeremy's unable to make that so we've actually got Dan Mystico oh, joining us <laughs> in August for yeah. one of the concerts okay. at the Recital Centre yeah. so yeah. that'll be really yeah. fun first yeah. time to play with Dan in the quartet yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so that'll be cool and yeah and I teach as well um, okay. I've got my own private studio my main focus now uh, is really performance wise with the Melbourne Guitar Quartet I do a few solo house concerts every now and then yeah. um, and also the MGF that's kind of a, a, a huge focus of mine I'm really trying to to keep the momentum going with that and yeah. Yeah, keep building it into something great that's great just in Melbourne at the moment you're doing it? Yep. So have you tried anywhere else in Australia or just in Melbourne? Uh, the festival the festivals, wise, yeah. yeah just Melbourne yep. yeah I do have some good friends in Canberra, so okay. uh, recently Guitar Trek had a concert up in Canberra, so the MGF, or myself, went up to yep. Canberra and actually live-streamed a concert for them uh -huh. uh, under the MGF umbrella, and that was our first live-stream concert we've done, mm. um, but that was just like a one-off thing, so yeah, our, my main base is in Melbourne, and not yeah. looking at taking that festival yeah. <laughs> to any other cities anytime soon, yeah. there's enough work doing it in <laughs> Melbourne. Oh, for sure. So. And I guess with the live streaming, it's a bit a lot easier for like just classical guitar, just having that one rather than mm. trying to mix a band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot less headaches and worrying yeah. about drums and yeah. yeah, and bass and all these other things and vocals. Yeah, just one kind of microphone set yeah. up for the guitar and yeah, get a really good sound with that. So yeah. Yeah. And what made you want to get into the, the festivals? Um, it was just seemed like a natural progression from our concert series and because there was no real classical guitar performance scene in Melbourne around that time. Yeah. Um, there'd be the odd concert every now and then, but often it'd be very poorly attended. There'd mm. be, you know, 10, 20 people in the audience. And mm. Evan and I really wanted to change that because we'd go to the concerts and we'd see these world-class musicians performing and we'd think, mm. why, where is everyone? Why isn't anyone here to see these yeah. awesome musicians? And we just thought, people just don't know about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we just took it upon ourselves to build the concert series and the festival was just a natural extension of that process. Yeah, oh, fantastic. I definitely look forward to getting to some of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, our next one's on June 13 with Dan Nistico. Yeah, and so it's we're, Dan now. <laughs> yeah, and nearly sold out yeah. for that one as well, which is cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now, so yourself, Dan, how long have you been, yeah. been playing for? About 20 years okay. or something. When I, start, I started when I was about 12 and uh, taught by my dad uh, to start with, so yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so he was a classical guitarist as well. Yeah, he was. He was a classical guitarist. He used to play um, earlier on in like uh, Italian wedding bands. He oh, would yeah. sing and play electric guitar and bass. Yep. And then after that, he uh, played some classical guitar. And I really loved what he was playing. Yeah. I really loved listening to what he was playing. Just wanted to <laughs> play that. And yeah. so I was very lucky that uh, to have him teach me. With your lessons, because I know with my daughter, like she was just around it, not yeah. really sat down and you know, figured it out. But was that the same with your dad, or did he actually sit you down and say, "Hey, do this"? No, <laughs> yeah, he actually sat. We actually sat down, and he would show me basically by imitation. I would just uh, imitate what he was doing. And yeah, yeah that, that was how the lessons went. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really nice. Yeah. yeah, and so from there, I know you've been overseas and everything. So how did that all come about? Yeah, so I was I did my master's degree at the Melbourne Conservatorium of Music. And previously, my bachelor at the Victorian College of the Arts, uh, where Michael. So we, we sort of you know followed in the same footsteps there. But then I um, I studied with a, a piano teacher, uh, Dr. Donna Coleman, and mm-hmm. she had studied at the Eastman School of Music in Rochester, New York, mm. uh, which is uh, in the U.S. a very highly regarded school. Um, I didn't know about it until I had met that teacher. Uh, Donna Coleman and so yeah she told me about the school and I went and auditioned and you know I, I really liked the, what, what I was offering and so I did my uh, doctor of music there and spent about five years five or six years in the US doing that so yeah, fantastic yeah <laughs> now with the classical guitar uh, I mean for me I always heard it as classical guitar and modern guitar is like totally different instruments yeah I think it, I think they are very different instruments yeah. um, uh, the, the classical guitar. Um, I don't have much experience playing uh, other styles of guitar. So, okay. Yeah, I sort of started off with yeah. classical and kind of stuck with it. So, um, but from you know just from a little bit of experimenting on electric and acoustic, it's so different, especially with the steel strings. Yeah. Um, and using a plectrum, like I can't use a, a plectrum. Yeah. I use you know just use my fingernails, and yeah. there's a very uh, I think yeah, it's quite a distinctive sound and technique. Mm. Um, that the classical guitar has, which is very different to uh, the other, you know, other styles. I mean, there are so many styles of guitar yeah. playing. You know, there's like gypsy jazz and jazz and rock and blues and bluegrass and country. Like, there's so many styles. So it's it's a it's a really versatile instrument. And classical guitar is just one of those uh, yeah. you know, styles. So. And I guess like with the dynamics too, like especially like you're saying with the fingers, it's a really big part of it as well. For classical guitar, yeah, I think tone is probably yeah, yeah, yeah the, tone, the, the, yeah. the tone, uh, you know, the variations you can get in the uh, tone color just from the, your own sort of uh, natural, you know, fingernails. Yeah, um, is yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, that's that's probably what drew me to the instrument. Actually, it's that just that sort of magical kind of tone that the classical guitar has. Yeah, I know you said your your dad played as well, but do you have any other major influences in classical guitar? Well, yeah, when, when I was first, well, actually, before I started playing, we would listen to John Williams oh, yeah. and Karen Sharp on, we had a, two cassette tapes back, <laughs> back in, you know, cassette, back in the yeah. days of cassette tapes in the car, and we would just listen to them over and over and over again, so I really enjoyed listening yeah. to those as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was one of my favourites, John yeah. Williams, saw him a few times in Melbourne before he did the big move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's an amazing player. Yeah. 
and then with the, was it the sky that the band needed. Ah, uh, yep, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. shout a bit with yeah. all those things. Yeah. That's right. Um, and the other thing is with the, the classical guitar, I found also the sight reading yep. and, and reading in general, where compared to a lot of other styles, you know, a lot of people don't do it as much. Mm. Where classical guitar, I mean, I guess that's where I, I started as well. When I first started classical, like, you know, really taught me how to read and get into it, which I think is another really important thing. Where, you know, like a lot of people don't do these days. Yep. They just want to learn how to play and mm. get the tablature and, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you find that was really good. With the classical guitar for you both? Oh, you know? definitely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, I read from day one yeah. when I was learning classical guitar and yeah. Um, I think guitarists in general, even classical guitarists, are generally kind of notoriously bad sight readers compared <laughs> to other classical musicians. Uh, just as a general principle because, I mean, they're not doing orchestral auditions and excerpts and like a huge amount of um, new repertoire constantly as opposed to a violinist or orchestral musician mm. might. So I think uh, as a general rule, maybe the classical guitarist sight reading is um, probably underdeveloped compared to piano players or uh, others. Um, mm. But uh, having said that, you know, I find myself fairly capable of reading music and yeah. there are a lot of um, uh, guitarists out there that read very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's just a general observation I've found. I'm not sure if you yeah, think definitely, differently. Definitely. Well, part of it is also tablature exists yeah, exactly. um, for the guitar, yeah. so mm. um, it takes away a little bit of the burden of learning how to read. And I remember early on, it was a burden. It was really... Because yeah. I was learning with my dad, so he was just showing me how to play things. Yeah. And then one day he said, you need to learn how to read, you know, read music so that you can learn different pieces and learn for yourself and mm. and so I just basically locked myself in a room and had a chart and was just like you know sweating away and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying struggling to learn the fretboard and um but yeah now I th that was such a, a good seed that was planted because yeah. you know it just en enables you to learn to, to play anything that mm. anything that's written yeah. down you can you can mm. play it so it's it's really really opens up a lot of doors oh definitely yeah and I guess I mean we're all guitar teachers here so yeah. I found like a lot of my students say you know, learn that open position, yeah, and then they really struggle to get down that next yeah. part of the neck, yeah. Mm. Um, and I guess well, that's classical really helps, yeah, you know. yeah. And I think part of the difficulty with that is that the guitar it's very illogically kind yeah. of mapped out, yes, yeah. almost random in some aspects. You yeah. know, you've got the same note you can play in so many different places, whereas compared to a piano, mm. one note is in one place yeah. and that's it, it doesn't right. move, so it can be and it's a very logical, um, visualized, yeah kind of mapping out of yeah. the notes on a keyboard mm. as opposed to a guitar. It's like, where are they? They're all over the place. So yeah. I think that also makes it a bit more challenging. Uh, I have to work that a little bit harder. Yeah, for reading. So do you guys still practice? Yeah. Yep. 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 Every day. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah I have to. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't stop. I think. Yep. Yeah, and also particularly with the Melbourne Guitar Quartet, um, we've always got new programs to learn because we do the concert series at the Recital Centre, mm -hmm. uh, part of the Local Heroes program. 
each year we play with, uh, we present to them four new programs and they'll select perhaps three mm-hmm. of that and give us a few concerts. So every year we're playing about three brand new 60 minute programs with the mm-hmm. guitar quartet and then mm-hmm. often replaying um, a couple of previous programs we've done. So mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for myself to be doing five quartet programs mm-hmm. each year with the Melbourne Guitar Quartet and then plus my solo stuff as well. Yeah. So to keep all that repertoire going, um, yeah, really need to devote yeah, a lot of time to, to <laughs> practice and learning the notes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So how often do you practice then? Yeah, <laughs> practice every day. I try to practice every day and um, I think it's important for me more so as a teacher at the moment because mm-hmm. I have quite a few students and they're playing, some of them are playing at a, a very high level. So, you know, I need to be able to demonstrate what they're you know yeah. uh, demonstrate what they're playing and so if I'm out of form it's it doesn't feel yeah. very good <laughs> to, to do that so I, yeah I try and keep my my level going and um yeah yeah, just, yeah every day yeah keep it up yeah how often do you tell your students that they should practice every day uh it depends uh, I, I try to encourage them to practice every day but I think it's more important that the quality of the practice is, is more important that they have strategies for, for, for making improvements and, and positive changes yeah. rather than just picking up the instrument and kind of being on cruise control. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's more about the quality of the practice, but it does help, you know, if you can establish a daily like habit to, to, to practice uh, every day. It, it is very useful. Yeah, yeah. yeah and also, yeah, it depends on the age of the student, yeah. the level they're at. It varies widely as to how much practice is required. Because yeah. you've got some students playing eighth grade repertoire, like high level pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't get by with half an hour a day. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, maybe a grade three or four student, that could be sufficient yeah. uh, for them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it really also depends on their, um, the standard they're at as to how much practice to yeah. commit. I guess these days with all the different activities too. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, most students say, oh, sorry, you know, basketball Monday, but swimming yeah, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. just yeah. couldn't get your time to practice. But <laughs> yeah. I guess one of those things you just got to really dedicate yourself. And I try and say, you know, if you can get half an hour, that, that's good. Yeah. I mean, more the better, but mm. you don't want to do less. And, yeah. and like you're saying, every day, like not just half hour one day and skip yeah. to an hour, then you, know, yeah. you really need that consistent yeah, practice. Definitely. Yeah, consistency is the key. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, now, going over to your concert, because you've got one of your students playing over here at the next yeah, concert, yeah. Yeah, supporting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great uh, initiative that Michael started um, recently. I think yeah. the last concert was the first time featuring a younger student yeah. from, from, from Melbourne, Yeah, um, which I think is a fantastic mm. yeah, initiative to, yeah, to help mm. give him a platform to, to play. Yeah, It was actually suggested by one of the MGF subscribers, oh, so cool. I shouldn't take full credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it was yeah. Ian. Um, the, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ian. Good job, Ian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mentioned that in one of the emails because I asked for feedback after one of the concerts, like, what do you want to see happening? And um, yeah, and Ian wrote in and said, oh, I'm sure there'd be some really killer students around Melbourne. It would be great yeah. to see them yeah. play. Because we have had that at the festivals previously, uh, mm-hmm. like a little 10 minute spot before our headline concerts. We had a maybe a previous winner of our. Um, beginner or intermediate or advanced competition categories yep. perform the following year at the festival and Ian suggested oh maybe do something like that at your concert series yeah. as well so we That's started good. doing that and it was a, yeah it went really well so how old is this student playing? She's 14. Okay. Um, and she recently did her AMUS A exam diploma mm. um, through the Amy B. So mm-hmm. she's playing like you know the top sort of repertoire of the, of the instrument yep. um, 
And yeah, he's playing at a very high level, especially for her age. Yeah, um, 14. Pretty, right. Yeah, pretty <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I think that's going to be really exciting, an yeah. exciting way to start the, yeah. to start the mm. night. Yeah. And they'll be on the live stream as well? Yep. Yeah, all yeah. live stream. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so with the concert, so I know you said there's only a few more seats available. Yeah. It's, it's going pretty fast. Mm. But people do want a live stream, they can yeah. do it as well. Yeah, so if we sell out of the console, when we sell out, because we're going to probably <laughs> yeah. by the end of this week, mm. um, then you can still register for the live stream. And we've got links for the live stream and to get tickets for in person for Dan's concert on our website, melbournegatarfestival.com. Yeah. So under our events tab, you'll, they'll, people will be able to see and sign up for those. Yeah, and also I'll put it in the show notes as well on this podcast. So Great. People look straight onto it. <laughs> it's also on my website too, danielistico.net as well. You can find yeah. the details yeah. for the concert. Also. So no excuses. Yeah, all free. That's right. Now, and also with your concert, what are people going to expect? Yeah, so I wanted to showcase a little bit of the guitar's versatility within the classical guitar repertoire. So there are going to be some mini sets, four sort of mini sets uh, in the program. Uh, The first set is music from Latin America. And even within Latin America, it's very diverse. Um, So uh, I'll be starting off with a a piece by uh, Maximo Diego Pujol, who's who's based in um, Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. He writes sort of like tango music in the style of Astor Piazzolla. Mm. Um, but this, yeah, this piece is a sort of a really slow lyrical one. And then uh, an arrangement of El Condo Pazza. Mm. And to finish off the set, a really lively piece called Jongo by Paolo Bellinati, who's a Brazilian composer. The second set is uh, Chopin, featuring Chopin. The, the piano uh, composer, yep. uh, Frederick Chopin. And uh, so in the 1800s, uh, his music was arranged for the guitar. So during his lifetime, the, the, um, the, his music was arranged for the guitar. So I'm sort of featuring a couple of, a couple of those. And they're not played so much on the classical guitar. So I hope to sort of revive them a little bit. Yeah. And um, Augustin Barrios was heavily inspired by Frederick Chopin. So he wrote mazurkas and, and waltzes in the style of Chopin. So I'll be also featuring a piece by him. Okay. The third set is uh, music by living composers. So there'll be a, an Australian piece uh, called A Closed World of Fine Feelings and Grand Design. It's a really stunning piece of music. I, mm. I really love playing that one. And, um, and another piece from uh, an English composer. And then to finish off will be a few Spanish pieces, which is sort of like what I think most people would associate with the classical guitar, I yep. think, like Spanish music, finishing off with those. So that's a, how long is it, an, an hour set? Or? Yeah, an hour yeah. program, and yeah. an hour stand student will play for about 10 minutes yeah. before that, yeah. And what other shows do you have coming up? Uh, so this will be our last concert before our festival, okay. and then our main event for the year is the three-day festival in September, yeah. And that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday in September. I think it's the 19th or 20th of September it starts um, and goes for three days. And that's it at Xavier College in Kew. And, yeah, we've got about eight performance events across that weekend, masterclasses, Mm. uh, performance competition, um, over $20,000 in cash and prizes for the competitions. And uh, we'll have guitar displays um, and other demonstrations and talks, so it'll be a really great weekend. Mm-hmm. And then to close the year, we've got one final concert on November 23 with Christian Dotza, mm-hmm. who is a, a great virtuosic Brazilian guitarist and composer. Mm-hmm. And then a huge year planned for next year. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Now, I noticed the other day with your, your live stream, yeah. you're going through all the different guitars. Yeah. So, where were they from? They all your guitars? No, I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had a good friend of ours, uh, Rick Alexander. He had a few of those guitars okay. um, lent to us. And also Peter Mayer from Hans Music Spot Croydon. Yeah. Uh, we got the great Cato guitar from him. Stone classical guitar, because you see, we're getting cheap nylons, hundred dollars yeah. or something. Mm. What would you recommend? Someone just starting off, they really want to get into classical guitar. Yeah, I'd recommend don't buy one of those hundred dollar instruments from Audi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, don't go, yeah, too cheap for your first instrument because the intonation is not good on them. You'll be playing out of tune. Mm. The sounds not great, and they're, yeah. they're not good instruments, not set up well. Uh, mm. And I think. In the early days, you want practice to be enjoyable and you want to be making a beautiful sound yeah, yeah. as well as you can. And if you've got an instrument that helps facilitate that, then the practice will be more enjoyable at the early stages. You won't sound like you're out of tune all the time yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> um, and it becomes more enjoyable. So I'd recommend, there are a lot of great guitar, beginner guitars, yeah. even around the three to $500 range, which yeah. are great for if you're just starting out. Yeah. And I think Kato guitars are really the best value for money okay. for a, a student nylon string guitar yeah. mm-hmm. and they've got fantastic models in the student range all the way up to two and a half thousand dollars so i think yeah you can get a good four hundred dollar instrument which will be top notch or if you want to spend more eight hundred a thousand they've got excellent instruments and for that price range i think they're the best value i mean i've had some students they come they got a guitar from ebay or yeah what do you like you said and just the action's about that high or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just like, you can't do all that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're both teaching as well, and you've yep. got some books out as well, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Published, um, self-published some books. Yeah, and where can people get those? Uh, from my website. Yep. Yeah, my website, danielmystico.net. There's also a lot of free stuff on there, so I, I spent a lot of time um, looking up method books from the 18th and 19th century, 17 and 1800s. Yep. And uh, some of those are on my website. I, I kind of like scoured through library, online library. So libraries around the world are starting to digitize music, including method books for the guitar that were written in, in you know, past centuries. So it's really neat to look back. And some of them are in English, which is good. Some of them are not. So I had to sort of translate some passages here and there to see, to see what they were sort of talking about. But a lot of the examples are in notation. So one of the advantages of being able to read notation you can go back to these method books and you can learn these like exercises that they were practicing back then and it's really really fascinating for me to look back at those method books So, yeah, with the concert, so with the tickets, you said it's online? Yep. Can we say the price on here? Uh, yeah, so we use a unique 
choose your price ticket model. Okay. So prices start from $10 up to $50 and people can choose any amount, 10, yep. 20, 30, 40, 50. And we do that to make world-class music accessible to everyone. Yeah. And because we understand it's really expensive these days to have a night out as a family. Mm. So if you want to go to the recital center or see a show at Hamer Hall, you know, you could be paying $30, $50 a ticket and for a family of four, then by the time you do parking, then you might have yeah. a drink or get something to eat. You know, it's yeah. pushing probably $150, $200 for a night out, which is yeah. inaccessible to a lot of people. So at our events, we have we've got free on-site parking. Uh, we've got uh, complimentary catering after okay. the concert as well. So mm -hmm. we've got uh, beer, Dainton beer, Delacuente wine, and also a great selection of cheeses, all complimentary. So um, you can have a feed and a drink and meet the artist after the show. Mm -hmm. And then the tickets are accessible as well. And those that can afford to pay more, they yeah. do. And yeah. it yeah. balances out in the end. Yeah. And, yeah, and then it's just a very inclusive way of doing concerts. Yeah, and that's the same with the live stream too, like people just... Uh, so, yeah, so the live stream is by donation, mm. so you can do a dollar if you like. And Don't do a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> and part of the reason is that we thought, oh, maybe if we did the live stream completely free, people mightn't come to the concert. Yeah, so yeah. if I have to do at least a dollar or something for yeah, the live to get their credit card out, then yeah, um, yeah it encourages them, oh, they may as well come to the concert in person. Yeah. So, and I yeah. just want to add, it's, it's live streamed really well. Like Michael has some really great equipment that he's invested in and makes a huge difference. You mm. know, the, the, the visual and the audio quality, Yeah. you know, mm. it makes a huge difference. So I think it's worth, you know, chipping in and just to get that extra, you know, professional yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it also yeah, helps us recoup some cost of the live stream equipment oh, and yeah. also enables us to pay the artists more yeah. as well that we get. So it's just it's a great little bonus we can add on to the concerts. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not cheap. So. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if people don't realise, you know, especially like podcasting and everything else, it's a lot involved and a lot of yeah. time mm. and cost with the uh, microphones and everything else. Yep. So now it's great. So yeah, definitely donate $10 or more. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any favourite songs like you really like to play? Oh, that's a really that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, depends on the, in the on the moment. At the moment, I really like the Australian piece that I'm playing. Okay. A closed world of fine feelings and grand science. Uh, really beautiful uh, piece. It reminds me of Australia somehow. I don't know okay. how Australian music somehow has imbued in it yes. Australianness. I don't know how it does that exactly, but. So when I was playing that in the US, it was really like I was feeling like nostalgic about home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's probably at the moment my favorite piece to play. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Great. Um, I don't really have a favorite at the moment. Yeah. But a lot of music at the moment. We're doing a great program with the Melbourne Guitar Quartet at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, kind of an American themed program. Yep. So, yeah. Some good tunes in there. We're doing some Pat Metheny, which is fun oh, yeah, and yeah. something a bit different for us. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm enjoying learning them at the moment. Great. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having us, Adam. No, no problem. Yeah, yeah thanks for thanks so having me here. And yeah, definitely, I'll, like I said, put the links in and uh, people listening to this podcast, check out the notes, for straight, go straight to the, the concert details. Yeah. And yeah, either go to the concert if you can get tickets, yeah. or definitely live, live stream it if you can. I'll be watching. Great. Cool.
All right. Thank Thanks you. very much, everyone. Thanks.